Hey everybody, so today is my November wrap up and in the month of November I read seven books and I didn't DNF any books but I'm technically going to be DNFing two books and one of, actually honestly both of them I could potentially pick back up. So uh, they're soft DNFs and they're neither books that I actively chose to DNF, they're more just books that I stopped reading and decide not to continue reading. Like I just never pick them back up. Also Molly adamantly refuses to go anywhere else. So if you can hear her snoring in the background. I can't do anything about it. It's like straight up Christmas in here. I have the lights off. I have the Christmas tree. It's super cozy. And she keeps wanting to be like on the blanket. On the pillow. All in everything. So she has absolutely no interest in going away. So you can probably. But the thing is. is like nobody can ever hear her. But I can hear her. And it's. It's going to make talking difficult. So anyways, um, November was, November was a weird month because all, like obviously like everyone else, November flew by, but also like the first book I read was Unsweetened by Jodi Sweeten and that feels like it was eight years ago because that was technically part of my reading the month before and then like a bunch of other books, like I just feel like it just really... It just, November is quite a long month, but it went by really quickly. So then as a whole, it's just, it's just an interesting month. So, and I read like some short books. I didn't do very good reading this month. I just really didn't. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. So the two books I am soft DNFing are The Future by Naomi Alderman and Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. So The Future is an arc I got that came out in November. So I got it probably two months ago or something and um, two months before November actually probably. Um, And I started reading it and I don't dislike it as much as I think the writing is maybe too sophisticated for me. I think Naomi Alderman might be too sophisticated for me. Um, She also wrote The Power, which is about, like, women getting power. It's like, fuck the patriarchy. Um, But it's very... I just sophisticated is really the only word that I could think. Um, I haven't even read that, but I just... That's the vibe I'm getting. It's, um, It's just... It's not an easy read. Which is fine, but um, I don't enjoy, I'm not enjoying the reading experience. I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what happens. It's about, to my knowledge, as far as I've gotten, I think I've only gotten like five chapters in maybe, and it's about the end of the world. It's called The Future, and it's based, it's not based on, but it's like, I, well, actually, it's. I think it's based on, like, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and, like, those kinds of guys. And it's all of these guys who have created really big things like Facebook and things like that. Like, things we use in our everyday lives. And it's about, I think, like, it's all crashing to an end or something. And there's, like, a bunker where they're all going. And it's, like, these, just, like, the top people are going to this, like, bunker because, like, the world is ending or something. And, um... I don't really know. Maybe I should look at the synopsis because I feel like the synopsis is then like what it's like in the future without technology. Although I could be totally wrong. Um, But it's not bad. And there were actually parts 
that were like any interesting or funny or whatever that I was like, okay. But I just think it's actually, um, it's a nominee for the Goodreads Choice Awards. So it's like big CEOs, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it also talks about a heist. I'm not really sure. But I just think it's a smidge above my pay grade. It's also, I think it's like science fiction-y, which is not my preferred category. But it looked interesting, so I was like, mm. And then I think like, I think I have hopes of finishing it because I think it's probably a good book. I just have to finish it. Um, but for right now, it's just like not of importance to me. Although maybe I'll finish it in December and then we'll be right back here being like, whoops, who knew? Um, and then the other book, Part of, Our, Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Um, a lot of people really like Abby Jimenez and have read all like her books and whatever. Um, she has a new one out that I wanted to read and this one is like before that. And um, this one is about this girl who is a doctor in a big city and she meets this boy who is like a small town like farmer like whatever and they get they get along really good whatever they have like a one-night stand and then like proceed from there um but they're from like two different worlds basically I didn't dislike it it's just I was listening to the audiobook and I don't prefer which I think I'm in the minority here because I think romance people actually do really like dual POVs but I don't I don't want to know I don't need the man's point of view I think it's nice if you are if like something is revealed that the man the man said and it's not like directly to the main character like that's nice I think like I like knowing motivations and actions and words when he's not with the protagonist but I don't need to be inside of his head ever at all. I don't, I don't enjoy that. That does nothing for me. So to listen to his point of view was a little daunting for me. And I don't think it was the audiobook narrator. I think he's done other books that I've liked perfectly fine. And I don't know if this is all books, but I feel like it might be. I'm trying to think. I can't remember if the X hex or like the kiss curse, if those had dual POVs, or if it was just one, but then I know, like, I can think of, like, the most recent, um, Bloodlines, the, the Vampire Academy spinoff series, and Adrian's point of view was in that one, and I don't like that, like, I love Adrian, and I love how mushy he is, but I don't, I don't actually want him to have his own point of view. I just want her to have the point of view um, and it be told through her eyes. So I don't prefer that. I also like know where it's going and like that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. I'm having a perfectly fine time with it. I just, I think that maybe, maybe reading it in a different medium, him having his own point of view wouldn't bother me as much. It wouldn't feel as like in my face as listening to his like audio portion um but then also I'm having an issue because I think Katie Coulson read this one and then the other one back to back like I think it's called yours truly I'm not sure um and she said it's like it's like one of those where it's like a character from the first book is is the main character of the second book um and so it's like told in the same world but it's not the same you know it's not a sequel and um she was saying how like the character in the next book is different from how she is in the book and I already can tell 
how that happens because I can already see it while I'm reading it. I can see that that character wasn't necessarily written for this story to be the main character of our own story. Like I think like I'm sure there was like some sort of idea in this this author's mind to do that. But like she's first and foremost there to be like meat for this story. And I just don't know that I'm interested in like continuing reading and then reading that one. Because that was like the whole point of me reading this one was that I wanted to read that one. Um, so I don't know. And there, there's also things about it I don't like. It's very, very heavy handed about um, just like there's like a, a character that's getting like domestically um like abused or something's going on there um and it does have this like whole like sweet home Alabama like small town bar sort of vibe happening which I don't hate um it's it does it reminds me very much of sweet home Alabama it's like this big city chick and this like country bumpkin backwoods like really sweet guy um yeah so it's fine and then like there's other things like other characters and other things that I'm just like not so now that I think about it I think it's not a soft DNF I think it's like a for sure I think I'm I think I think I want to be someone that can read romance and then I think that I just don't like it so I think I just need to like get over myself okay so the first book I read like I said was Unsweetened by Jodi Sweeten and this book was written a long ass time ago let me see if I can try to find when this book was written because it was not recent. I think it was talking about her daughter when her daughter was like a fucking baby and um, her daughter is now like 17 years old or something. So like obviously this book is old. Let's see. 2009. Okay. Yeah. For reference, my oldest nanny kid was born in 2009. I graduated in 2009. Okay. 2009 was it fucking age ago. Um, so this is was perfectly fine it was like not great by any means what did I give it oh I gave it a two okay so I guess like okay in my opinion it was better than the Britney Spears one simply because Jody Sweeten doesn't take herself like seriously she like is like I was a really bad person and like here's everything I did um whereas Britney Spears is like kind of like above it all where she's like I don't know like I just was in this situation and this is what happened uh Jodie Sweden is just like pretty honest and she's like here's the point so if I were comparing the two and I think I debated giving it a three but it was just like so bland and it was the same and I don't know if this is just like the case for addicts but like this felt very similar to Matthew Perry's memoir where it was like the same thing over and over and it was like kind of juicy because it was like her talking about some crazy ass shit like I have never done drugs I don't smoke like I've never done any of this stuff so like this is like wild to me but at the same time it was like the same thing over and over and over again and like it was just like a broken record basically of like her you know doing stuff it was interesting to go back and like look at pictures from this time because like she talks about all these times that she was like high as fuck and she's like at like premieres and stuff and you can tell like she looks like put together enough but like you can tell like she's not great so I thought that was interesting and I enjoyed like a little bit like her listening or her talking about um you know like how she started on Full House and like how that kind of went like um because she was young and things like that um but as a whole it was like not for me and I really really like Jodi Sweden um she has a podcast called 
what is it never thought I'd and it's about like motherhood and it's with her and her friend and it's really good and um I really enjoy her as an adult. Uh, I think that she's done a lot of really good work on herself and she's come around and now she has two kids and she's like happy and she's married. She's also been married like four times or something, which is an aggressive amount. And I guess that's like kind of something that can happen when you're in this sort of mindset, but it was a lot. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but it was, it was, it was a perfectly fine read. Um, and whatever the writing was not good like the writing was also bad for this and she also had a ghostwriter um like Britney Spears it was a little bit better writing than Britney Spears is but not by much so it was fine it wasn't great it wasn't anything special moving on then I read On the Bright Side I'm Now the Girlfriend of a Sex God by Louise Renison and this is the second book in the I don't know Georgia whatever whatever these are called um the one about Angus Thongston full frontal snogging that book. Um, I think I'm just going to slowly like pick through these because they're fun and I don't, you know, I don't have any whatever. There's not like a whole lot that happens in this book. Um, it's mostly just like her like navigating this boy that she like wants to be in a relationship with, but like he kind of like isn't aware that they're in a relationship kind of um so yeah but I have of course I haven't read through these notes but I have a bunch of things that I thought were funny staring out of my bedroom window at other people having a nice life um she gave me her worst look again and grabbed the phone as I went through the door I could hear her saying hello darling what oh I know you needn't tell me I have her all the time it's a nightmare that's nice talk, isn't it? Oh, it's uh, her dad called and she was being a hooligan. Um, my room seemed to be a shrine to Buddha unless God gets his act together. So she's like praying to God and she's like saying like, please let him be my boyfriend. And then she's like getting mad or please let him call me, I think. And she's getting mad because God isn't like, you know, he's not calling her. And so then she's like, I'm going to become Buddha or I'm going to become Buddhist. And she like switches and like whatever. And I think that's fine. Um, hmm. so in conclusion on the boyfriend, you have to play hard to get and then let them be elastic bands, uh, sacred blue. They don't want much, do they? Um, so she's just talking about like how boys are hard. She was interested then and came and sat next to me. What does it say in the book? Does it say Tom is going to go off with someone else? I said, yes, it does. Jazz. It says the worldwide number one bestseller written by some bloke in America that Tom Jennings Definitely goes off with someone else when he goes to work experience. Okay, so this is, um, she's like reading, I think she's reading like men are from Mars, women are from Venus or something. And she's like, what does it say? And she's like, does it say that uh, her boyfriend is going to go off with someone else? And she's like, yeah, it does. And her friend is obviously asking like, does it say like if your boyfriend's doing this, then it probably means this. Um, But she's like, yes, yes, it does. It says that this boy specifically, um, they all looked at me. It was no use them looking at me like I know what I'm talking about. I'll be the last to know what I'm talking about, believe me. It's windy and rainy. Naturally, these two facts mean that Miss Stamp, our games mistress, mistress, who is definitely Hitler reincarnated in a gym skirt. She even has a little black mustache. Anyway, these two facts mean that Adolfa has decided that the best thing we can do is play hockey outside. I'll write to the newspapers to complain, but I'll probably drown out on the hockey pitch. And I think it's funny the way this is like a fun example of the way that um, she will make like a little remark about something and then we'll keep it going later on. And it's just just like a carryover and you just have to keep up. Um, In the first book, there was something 
that she was talking about somewhere something or like she I don't know somewhere she had like gotten some idea that somebody calls their parents Mutti and Vati and I don't know if that was like from a different country she was learning about or if that was like from something she was consuming but anyway so she now and in like the books like that's what she says she says like my Mutti and my Vati for mother and father um instead of like my mom and my dad like it's just like a she makes like a passing comment and then like keeps it going and then it's the same way with this where she's like miss stamp who is definitely hitler reincarnated blah 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 anyway adolfa which is like her saying like hitler like it's just funny to me the way that she like cycles through these jokes i said mom honestly have a bit of dignity you've made your life choice and large and the large portly one is on his way home in a few days it is not a good idea to risk your marriage and also, incidentally, make yourself a laughing stock this late in life. She said, Georgia, I really don't know what you're talking about. Do I have to worry about every bloody single thing around this place? When do I get a chance to be a selfish teenager? Jazz's mom and dad have aprons and sheds. Why do I have Mr. and Mrs. We've got lives of our own as parents? Which I think is really funny because her dad is in like New Zealand and her mom is like constantly flirting with other men and she just feels like responsible for everything and she's like why can't i just be a normal teenager why do i have so much family drama in my bedroom i've got my head under the pillow this house is like a mental institution in the front room uncle eddie and mom are practicing salsa he turned up on his motorbike with a crate of wine first of all he came snooping up in my room and opened my door i don't know why we don't just take it off its hinges and leave it at that which is funny honestly what planet do these people live on and why isn't it farther away well, yes, at least life can't get, well, at least life can't get any worse. Oh, I beg your pardon. Yes, it can. Like, it's just, it's just really funny and really silly, and I just enjoy it. And it feels very similar to Princess Diaries, which I wanted to reread anyway, so I'm enjoying reading that. Next, I read A Curse for True Love by Stephanie Garber. This is the third book in the Once Upon a Broken Heart series, so it's Once Upon a Broken Heart, and then it's, um... The Ballad of Never After, and then A Curse for She Loves. So, um, this was perfectly fine. However, I don't really remember the series that well. <laughs> um, so, I, when I got the audiobook for this, which I got it like a month ago, I read it like two days before it was about to be done. Um, I listened to it as an audiobook. Um, I got it like a month before I was going to listen to it when I was doing my like book a day situation because I was really excited for it but I started listening to it and I remembered that I didn't remember what happened in the book before and so then I requested the first and second book and the second book was available but the first book wasn't available and so then I was like okay um and so I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and it was going to expire and it's like a new release so I knew that it was like a wanted book so I would have to wait quite a while to like get to it and I didn't want to miss my chance to like read it so I just like made the decision to just like forego the first book and then I just went to the end of the second book because I figured I would start reading the second book and I would not remember what happened at the end of the first book and then I would be like in the same situation so I just went to like the end of the second book and kind of tried to piece it back together and I kind of remembered but the problem is is that I read Caraval and then a, a span of time passed and then I read the next two books in that series Legendary and Finale and I didn't like either one of those that much but I really liked Carvel. I didn't like Legendary and Finale that much. But I read those, like, I read those one, and then I read the next one the next day, I think. And then right after that, I read a, 
once upon a broken heart. And so they kind of all blended together a little bit in my head, but I remember really liking once upon a broken heart more. Um, but I, there are just, there's so many things in this world that it's hard to keep up with everything. There's just like so many loose pieces. So I did feel like I got the hang of it after a while. Like I remembered what was going on and stuff, but I do feel like I would have had a better reading experience if I would have gone through and read the first one, the second one, the third one. And I think, so I, like I said, I really enjoyed Carnival. I gave it five stars. I think I gave the other two books like twos, threes. I don't know. Like I didn't like them as much. Um, so I've always like I want to own Carnival, like probably like a nice copy because I really like it. Um, but I don't need to own the entire series because I don't think the series as a whole is that great. And I'm okay with it ending a little weird. It doesn't have to end, you know, if I ever wanted to go back and read the other two afterwards, I could, but I don't need to own the other two. I don't know. I say that now and then I'll probably end up at some point in my life buying the other two. I don't know. But I do think I could see myself buying this series now that it's completed. Um, although completed, it, it kind of feels like it could keep going. Um, I feel like I could see myself buying this series and rereading it physically um and then being able to like annotate and things like that because it just it's so lyrical it's so like poetic the writing is so like like purple and flowery and pretty and um Stephanie Garber does a really good job like creating a scene and um like it's a very immersive world like you really like there's a lot of things like you just feel like you're there and I feel like um that is like the appeal of these books and then the other thing is is like it's basically like she made up a new fairy tale and it's like a fairy tale about it's like a bad fairy tale kind of it's like a fairy tale that's like not happy necessarily um and like things don't go right and it's like more things going wrong honestly um and people are bad instead of it being like oh everybody's a princess and it's all great and lovely so it was it's really fun um it's not serious it's not like you know spectacular writing it's not like you know moving mountains and shaking earths and anything but it is a very enjoyable book I feel like I feel like it's a very enjoyable series enjoyable series if you're into like YA if you're into fantasy if you're into anything like that like I think it's fun and that's pretty much like the extent of it next I was looking for an audiobook um I think because I I don't really know what was I was looking for but I was looking for an audiobook that um and I came across Veronica Ruiz Breaks the Bank by El Cosmato and I think it had just come out in November and I heard no buzz about this I heard no nothing about this because the next Finley Donovan book is coming out at the beginning of next year I believe it's like they hit the road or something um and I had no knowledge that there was a novella being written at all um El Cosmano did not run it by me. So this takes place in the Finley Donovan world. It is in between book three and book four. Um, like technically, I guess. Well, yeah, because there's things that you find out that you can't know until. Okay, so yeah, it takes place in between th book three and book four. But it's actually like before Vero and Finley get together. So... Um, it was fine. It was enjoyable. Uh, it was it was nice to get that backstory, but I don't need her point of view. You know, the same way I don't need a man's. I don't need Vera's point of view. Vera is funny, and I love her comedic comedy and whatever in 
the regular books, but she doesn't need her own novella. I do think that it was like probably easy, especially probably for the fourth book, for us to have like a little bit of backstory about her. But I don't think it was like incredibly necessary, but it was also like super duper short. So it wasn't that big of a deal for me to get through it. Um, but yeah, it was perfectly fine. Next, I read The Christmas Appeal by Janet Hallett. And this, Janice Hallett? Janet Hallett. I don't know. Somebody Hallett. Um, this is a novella that takes place in the same world as The Appeal. And The Appeal was really fun because it was read in, it was like written in all emails and text messages and things like that. It's about um, these like officers working on this case and they're breaking down all these files. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It was completely like unique and it was great. Um, it's like there's a little bit of like a con situation. It was, it was really fun. Anyway, this is in the same world and it was fine. I found myself a little bored because they're talking about their Christmas pageant. And I think there's just like, there was a lot at the end that was like really like, ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. but, um, it took a lot of buildup. There wasn't a lot of, um, like with the appeal, there's a lot of questioning going on. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of like anticipation building up to something. Whereas this, like you kind of, like you're kind of told in the beginning, like what happens, but you don't understand like who or what it happens to. And, um, you are not really, it's not building up to that. It's more building up to the night of this like Christmas play. And then something happens at the Christmas play and then it kind of goes from there. Um, but so it just feels like there's not the like traditional buildup. It's a little bit slow in that regard. So that was a little bit, um, I don't know. It was just like for it to be a novella and there to be a little bit of lag doesn't really make sense, but it was still interesting. It was still fun. There's so, I have some fun moments that were, um, like stood out to me there was this one where this girl is texting her son and asking if he can do something and he's like he's like I don't give a shit or so, I don't know he says something and he like snaps at his mom or whatever in text messages and she texts her husband and she's like can you um talk to him because he just cussed at me and blah 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 and so he texts the son and he's like listen you only have one mom and she's under a lot of stress right now and you need to be nice to her and apologize and blah 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 whatever and he's like fuck off dad (laughs) and then he texts his wife and he's like all fine he's sorry just worried about school tests and a bit snappy (laughs) and it's just really funny and I can totally see like this happening with like my husband and my son where like I'm like complaining to Tommy like oh my god like Thomas was being mean to me and then being like you need to get your act together and then like Thomas like not exactly getting his act together and being like, oh, yeah, we we, tar- we talked it out. Like, he's totally fine. Um, and then there's another one where there's an email. There's a girl whose name is Sarah Jane. Um, Sarah hyphen Jane. And there's this one woman who says, someone who shall remain nameless despite having two and a hyphen. Um, blah, 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 which I think is funny. And then there's this, there's one person who is an OBE, which I don't know what an OBE is. Maybe I should look up what an OBE is. Um, but anyway, his wife is like very insistent that whenever you order of the British empire, I don't know. But anyway, um, it is, he's like, whenever anybody talks about him or writes him his name in an email, um, they have to say Joel 
OBE, like Joel comma OBE because it's like his title and um, she gets like really snippy because like people aren't putting it after his title and this <laughs> the same like husband and wife people are talking and he said, well said, Joel OBE will now be described as Joel OBE whenever Joel OBE is mentioned. Signed, Kevin, no BE, no BE, which I think is funny. Um, and yeah, so it's like perfectly fine. There's nothing spectacular about it, um, but it is, it's, it's fun. And it was fun to like revisit that world. I think the appeal is a lot better and you definitely don't need to read the Christmas one, but it being like Christmas time almost when I read it and whatever, it just like was, there was no reason for me not to read it. Next, I read Grimoire Girl by Hilary Burton Morgan. I read her first book, um, World Diaries, and I liked it because it was Hilary Burton Morgan, but I didn't love it, um, and it was difficult because I read a lot of reviews, and they weren't wrong. She has such a like holier-than-thou complex a little bit. Um, her philosophy basically is like, um, you know, like, if you buy a rundown house, then you fix it up. And if you have, um, you know, a need for something, then you fix it up and you, you build it yourself and you like whatever. Um, and that's easy to say when you are an actor who is married to an actor and you have the financial means to do that. And she talked about, um, her family and like Paul Rudd's family and like other people. Um, so like a bunch of actors, all buying like a candy store and like fixing that up and it's a it's a whole lot of like fixing up things but like that's what she's good at like she's good at um you know reimagining something and making something old look new and like that whatever like she's good at that and so that's pretty much what the extent of her whole book was it was like her and this farm that they bought and like the way that they've built it up and like whatever but it's like when you have the financial means to do so when you have the time to do so like she has an abundance of time she's not really an active actress anymore her husband is still molly that is gross i feel like those are burps um her husband is still an actor it's just like you know, you don't have to work every day the same way that rather like regular people do. So, um, it's easy to just spend like all of your time doing those kinds of things. But anyways, um, so I read her book. I, it was, it was perfectly fine. Um, but there was nothing like, there was nothing great about it. I, I do enjoy like her humor. I think that she's very funny. And then like listening to the One Tree Hill podcast, like she's really funny and she's very down to earth. For the most part, obviously she's like, you know, her life is a lot more glamorous because she can afford it to be, but, um, she's, she's pretty down to earth and she's pretty interesting to listen to. She's definitely my favorite, um, on the podcast. Like I love Sophia Bush, but Sophia Bush is so not relatable in any facet. Um, and Sophia Bush also always like brings things back to, herself I feel like she needs attention um and I feel like she I don't know I just feel like she's like that and I think Hillary Burton is like very like 
she can be like self-deprecating and she's like just silly and she is real and raw and honest and um, she's not trying to like put on fronts and I liked that. So anyways, the point of this book, which I do kind of like and I would be perfectly happy for her to just like keep writing books with like themes because this book is called Grimoire Girl and it's basically her saying that this is like her grimoire and it's her talking about like how she's a witch and how like whatever and that sounds weird. Um, and there's a little, there's a little bit of like getting over like the weirdness and like the woo woo witchy stuff. Um, but a lot of the stuff that she says is very interesting. Um, and so what she does is she pretty much just like she it's still just her telling her stories. It's her talking about things in her life and jobs that she's done and people in her life and projects and things that she's been a part of um but also doing it under this grimoire situation where she talks about um you know like her coven which is like the women that she surrounds herself with and um like food magic and like making things with food and like candles and like she just okay so let me I'm not explaining this very well but so like some of the things that she talks about so she she talks about how you should name your house she says that um you you um place importance on the things that you name you name your pets you name your children you name things that are important to you so you should also name your house you spend all of your time in your house like you should name your house and like her explaining it I was like wow that is so like that does really make sense like and she was talking about like the houses that she's lived in like when you give like a house a name um you know you refer back to it whereas like most of the time I feel like you just talk about like the streets that your houses are on so like I um grew up on a street called Orangedale and so I always like you know feel like which is not any password hacks for anybody that's saying that um I don't use that information ever but um I don't think (laughs) please don't hack me um anyway I am always telling my mom like oh you know at the Orangedale house or whatever or like the court because we lived in a court or whatever but I do think like when you place a name on something you do give it like a little bit of something and so I was telling my husband like we need to do that we need like a we need some sort of like um like a name for our house and we are surrounded by trees and wildlife and um like all of the things and so I was saying like I I want it to be something like the nest but we can't name it the nest for there's there's a reason uh we can't name it the nest um because it has a bad we have a bad uh relation to that word so it can't be the nest and I was like trying to think and I was like it would also be good if it were like an alliteration and like whatever and so then we're trying to think and we have there's a lot of owls around our neighborhood and an owl nest is called a hollow. And so I was like, oh my God, it just like all fell into place. And it did feel a little like magic, like not like witchy, but it did feel a little like how perfect is that, that like I was wanting it to be some sort of like nest name that was like went with our like last name really well and like just like worked for our home, this specific home. And the fact that like hollow is name and it was just like it was so great I loved it so much and it works really well because like we 
like church is like a really big thing in this town like the church that we go to like hallow like it just it fits very very well for this house to be called hallow so I really like it and that was really fun um she talks about the school PTA and why did I write that down what did I write down about the school PTA I don't remember if I come back to it I will try to remember. Um, She talks about candles and rituals, which I thought this part was really interesting because um, it feels very similar to when you are in church. Um, Candles are a big part of church. Like we are about to start Advent and like lighting a candle for Advent is a big deal. Like Hanukkah, you light candles. Like it's a very religious, this whole book reminded me of like religion and like not just like my religion like whatever but just like believing in something like having a spiritual belief is what this book like is I feel like um and it's not saying like oh you have to have this or you have to believe that but just like the act of like candles like she she talks about how different colored candles mean different things and whatever which is fun and interesting um it's not something that I'm like gonna look further into But it's something that she talks about. And um, like when you think about it, like like I said, like for Hanukkah, you light candles. And for Advent, you light candles. And churches are always lighting candles. And um, you light candles for souls in church. And um, when you need to pray for someone, you light a candle. And like that's such a – it's like an active way of communicating. And it's like an active way of like – praying and like whatever the situation is it's like it's a very like active motion um and similarly not at all related to religion you do the same thing with like exes like when you have an ex like you break up with a boyfriend or something and you like burn all of your pictures I had a boyfriend that I had a giant bonfire and I burned like all of our pictures and all of our notes and all of our like everything I had that was like related to him or like reminded me of him like whatever um and I had this like bonfire with my friends and like that's a very traditional thing to do especially for a girl is to like burn something um I when I guess it was let's see when was that um it was for Lent this year I guess um I was trying and I failed but I was trying to write letters every day for Lent and one of the letters I wrote was to my grandma um who's not alive and I wanted to I was like, well, what am I going to do with it? Because I'm not going to keep it and I don't want to throw it away. So I was like, well, what if I burn it? So I burned it and then it ended up being like totally mystifying because it like started raining and it was just like all like everything was just like so like amazing that day. It was just like interesting. But anyway, um, so just like the act of like burning a piece of paper for like you know and then there's also like I think about like um lantern festivals like where you put like a candle in like the paper lanterns or you put a candle in like a lantern that you lift in the sky and like things like like I just feel like the act of like a candle is so it really is it's very symbolic and like it, it does hold a lot more weight than you even like realize I think um and so I thought that was really interesting um she talks about like the planets and how the planets like whatever whatever um and she was saying that like what your planet what your favorite planet is says like xyz about you and um I was like I've never thought about this like I don't think I have a favorite planet 
Um, and then I quickly was like, well, I guess like, I feel like I want to say like Neptune, but like that feels weird. So I don't really know why I would say that. And then, so she like got to Neptune and she was like talking about like Neptune, like the God of whatever, like Poseidon and water and emotions. And she started talking about like people that like Neptune have like big emotions. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll see you. I get it. Um, and it just, a lot of the things that were in here are, it's, it's kind of like the Enneagram or your Myers-Briggs profile or any of those kinds of things where it's like, I think it's like what you place your like weight in, what you put your, place your like faith into and like whatever. Um, I strongly feel even like horoscopes and stuff, like I feel like those do fit pretty well. I feel like there are some things that are like kind of hit or miss. Numerology too even I think. So I think that a lot of the stuff that she talks about in here is just stuff that I don't I don't know about because I've just never cared to. Um, she talks about a lot of Greek gods and stuff which was interesting but you know like the whole thing with the candles like knowing the different color candles. It's just like you know, knowing different horoscopes and acting intentionally because of. Um, I'm not a fan of like blaming something on being an XYZ, but it does help if you have the information. Just like when you are looking at like the Enneagram and you're looking at how like Enneagram 2s best receive information based on like this. Like, you know, the best way to come to me is to like thank me and like what like the, I don't know, whatever, like to ask me for help because I want to help and like those kinds of things. Like, um, the best thing you can do for like my husband's Enneagram is like, you know, I don't know, like give him time to sort it out or like bring him a logical question or like, I don't know, whatever. Um, I have used that so much and like, especially in like Tommy and I's relationship where I've been like, okay, like how does he interpret, like what does he need me to do so that he can answer my question? And like, what do I need to say? Like what, and I like pay attention to that stuff or like, what is he going to do in times of stress? What am I going to do in times of stress? And obviously it's not like, it's not perfect. And I don't agree with like blaming things on things, the, you know, whatever is a mercury and this kind of whatever. But, um, I do think that, you know, if you have that information, so like she knows the colors of the candles or flowers, like the language of flowers, like whatever, like, um, if you are using that, like it's very possible that if you know the language of flowers and you know what flowers mean, what that you can give somebody like the most accurate, like correct bouquet that would just like absolutely make their day. And it's possible that that might be more impactful than just like buying you know a a bouquet that you see that you think is pretty you might actually like it might just like trigger something if you're like using the tools in the right way and so same thing with like these candles I keep coming back to the candles because I'm trying to like get to an example but like with the candles if like you use this candle this color candle for this specific thing I think like one like your intention is going to go a little further like the weight that you're putting behind it, like you're gonna probably have better results. And then I also think that like, you know, it is possible that like certain colors are meant for certain things. And so you just like, I think, I think there's a little bit to some of the stuff that she's saying, not in like a witchy way, but just more in a way where it's like, everything is connected. Everything has a meaning. And it's like what you place that meaning into. And I thought that that was really interesting um I'm trying to remember because I'm at the end of my list now what the school PTA thing was about 
she talks about how her school wasn't, they didn't get the funding for football. And so they went back and like PTA. I don't know. I can't think of what I was going to say. But um, the last thing that I wrote is um, the word synchronicity. So synchronicity is basically like something occurring that seem related like over and over, which I feel like is like similar to like the red car phenomenon. Like when you buy a red car and you see a red car over and over and over again. And I think that this gets often miss like whatever with serendipity because serendipity is more when something happens accidentally because of something else. Like when, when, you know, one thing is supposed to happen, but it's like serendipitous that something else, like something else good came from something else, you know, um, versus synchronicity is when, you know, you have some, like you're thinking about someone and then like that person calls you and stuff like that. So, um, she, she talks about that and, um, just like how, you know, it happened a lot in the book, the way the stories that she told, the way that they kind of all linked together. Um, she talked about like, I think like she was having a lot of like Poseidon things happening, like a lot of water things happening or something. And then like something happened and it was like Medusa or she was having like Medusa things popping up or something. And then like there randomly was like a dog and the dog's name was Poseidon. I don't know. It was like a whole thing. Um, and basically her book is that where it like everything is related. Everything circles back. It's all like connected. And that felt really fun. And I just feel like as a whole, like it was really good. There were moments that that were a little slow for me or there were, there were times where I was like, I was like, okay, like this is a little too much. I don't really care. But like as a whole, like as a concept for a book, it was great. And I've never heard the word grimoire. It's not, I don't think it's like a real word other than in like vampire diaries or whatever, where like Bonnie has one or whatever. It's like a witch's book, whatever. That's like really the only time I've ever like heard people talk about it. Um, but she makes it feel like they are attainable things. Like a recipe book can be like someone who's like really good in the kitchen like that's like their grimoire or like um a scrapbook that someone puts together is like their grimoire or like what like she makes it feel like it's just like your collection of special things and that really made me want to like start journaling or start doing something a little bit more intentional just to like keep something in places I do well, mostly I'm like a little behind but I do have a book journal that I keep up with for the most part and I, I like that. I like that I can like flip through and I can see all book related content together. And that makes me feel, um, I don't know. It just makes me feel connected. It makes me feel present in all of the books that I've read. It's, it's, it's difficult when you read as much as I do, like to retain everything and to remember everything, but to be able to see it all together like that, obviously I can scroll through the list on my phone where I have them all, but like, or I can go on my Goodreads or whatever, but to see them in a way that I have like curated in a way that I have like made the time and energy for, I've, you know, I have one page that has all of the books that I've read and then I highlight it, um, a color based on the star rating. So like when I look at that page, I can see all of the books that I read for the year and I can see what colors, you know, take the most. I think purple is the color of five stars and like I have the most purple and I can see purple all across the board and it's just like 
it's it's kind of nice to be able to see that and to have that like data and like to see the you know trends in the like genres that I'm reading and to see like stuff like that I think is just kind of interesting and to have like that collection of things is really fun for me um so it kind of makes me want to like try to be intentional in some way with something tangible like a journal or something I also really was into this idea um she was talking about a like a deck I guess is what she was talking about and she was saying like she was talking about like making your own deck full of like the people that inspire you and the quotes that inspire you and the things that inspire you and things like that and like it almost felt like that could be like a project that I work on you know whenever I have downtime which I don't feel like I have downtime but if you just you don't have to do it all at once but if you do like a card at a time and this is like I might be like going over some people's heads right now but like if I think about like people that matter to me or things that matter to me or quotes that matter to me or whatever, whatever the case is, um, you know, like my husband obviously like is very important to me. So like for him to have a card and then like maybe on the back it has like, you know, a song lyric that goes with us or something like that's an inside joke with us or something like whatever. But like just having like this little like nugget of like, he's my person and he's in my deck like kind of thing and then like to do that with like all of people that are important to me people and things and places and whatever and then um she said that when you are having like you're trying to answer the question or you're dealing with something or whatever to like shuffle and pull from your deck or something and like I kind of feel like that could be kind of like cathartic to like you know be struggling and like pull from this deck and like be reminded of like all of the people that you have in your life or all of the things that you're thankful for or all like it, it just feels like another way to practice like mindfulness and gratitude and things like that it just feels like a way that you could just like pull something and just like bring it to the forefront of your mind even if you're dealing with like something to be able to see like you know, whatever. And so like for me, like I almost feel like it's worth it to just like buy like a deck of cards or something and then like decorate them in whatever way I want to. Um, so I don't know, TBD if I do that. I don't know. I'm going to start a TikTok trend and go viral all thanks to Peyton. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it and, um, I think that it was, I don't know I just there was a lot to it and I I, it's, I went into it just like it was a book that she wrote so I wanted to read it you know um but I don't consider myself like I'm not interested in like magic witchy like that I'm not interested in any of that um so I feel like I went into it like very open-minded with with like no like desire for anything and I feel like there were like tons and tons of little nuggets in there that I really like took away from it and um I feel like it made like a very large impact on me so I really really recommend it um I don't even know that it's necessarily five stars but I feel like I have to give it five stars because I just really like I don't know it just like was very impactful to me and then the last book that I read is Secluded Cabin Sleeps Six by Lisa Unger I think I read a book previously this year by Lisa Unger the um the one where they're on a boat or something lying in the deep maybe 
I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, and I think that was YA and I think this was not. But I've had this book for I think about a year now. I think I bought it at the beginning of the year. So good for me for reading it. Um, maybe actually that's not true. Maybe less than a year. But anyway, um, I just, I don't know. I, it took me a long time to read it because I was reading it physically, but it was, I was pretty like enraptured the whole time I was reading it. It was, it was a little confusing because there were like five or six different points of view or something. Like there were a lot of different points of view and they seemingly don't all connect very well. Um, and ultimately like I think it could have ended a little bit differently than it did and I don't think it was fantastic by any means I think I honestly only gave it like let me see I think I maybe I give it a three because I feel like it's like fine um but I think I honestly could have given it like a two because of the way that it ended and things like tied together um but it wasn't like very egregious yeah I give it a three it wasn't like egregious it was just like it was fine um but I think ultimately it's it's a well I don't know maybe that's not true I was gonna say it's like a rare case where like the book as a whole was like not that great but like the way that it was told was like kind of interesting because I feel like more often what I'm doing is like you know the book's like good and the um like the twists and stuff are really fun but like it had slow parts I feel like that's normally what like a three is for me Whereas this, I feel like is more like, this was like full tilt. Like the whole book was like entertaining, I feel like. Um, but some things didn't really connect nicely for me. And some things were like kind of not important. Um, and at like the end and stuff like that. But it was, and it was also a little like wackadoo. Like <laughs> there were some things that were like, what the fuck? Um, but I feel like like overall, like it was, it was fine. It was, it was perfectly fine. It's like a thriller. It's like whatever. Um, I, and, like, I would read another book by this author, like, no problem. I think the, like, I think, like, the premise was fun. Like, you know, like, going away on a vacation and, like, the things that, like, whatever. I don't want to give away any of the book because I don't want to ruin it. But it was, like, perfectly fine. It was perfectly forgettable. It was a little wild in some parts. Um, just, like, some of the crazy things, like, silly things that happen. But honestly, I feel like you could compare this to something like The Last Word by Taylor Adams, and that book was absolute garbage, and this, I think, was way more fun. I think this might be a little campy, and I, I'm not, I'm not very good at using that word appropriately, but I think it might be a little campy. Um, it gives me similar vibes to The Last Word, like I said, and also The Writing Retreat, which I DNF'd, but I feel like it's, like, in a similar vein. Um, so take that for what it's worth, but it was fine. It was, it was no big deal. Um, and that's, that's it. So we have one month left in the year and I think I have about fucking, I don't know, like 10 prompts for each category for, or 10 prompts for each challenge that I'm doing, um, and I'm definitely not going to finish it. And I definitely don't think I'm going to get a lot of reading done this month because it's Christmas month. And there's just like so many things that you do during the month of December. So I don't think I'm going to have an abundance of free time. But I don't know. You never know. I am. Let's see. What am I reading right now? I'm reading People to Follow Physically, which seems like exactly the same book as Never Coming Home by Kate Williams, which is great. 
Um, but this one is fine so far. I've only read a couple chapters, so I'm not very far. And then we are reading Harry Potter with Thomas. I don't think we're going to finish it before the end of the year, but it's possible. I read faster than Tommy, and I've been reading the last couple of nights because the boys were cuddling. So if I'm reading, we'll finish it. If Tommy's reading, we won't. Um, that's no shade. I just read fast. I talk fast. It's a thing. Um, and I'm listening to The Intern, which is kind of stupid because I have the book. I got it from Book of the Month, but, um, oh, I just, I just remembered, uh, my Book of the Month pick this month is, I'm not sure, something, something about dark, sweet, something, something, it's like a Nutcracker retelling, which I think is kind of fun. I'm not super down with the Nutcracker, but I'm not not down with the Nutcracker. So, I don't know. I feel like a like a dark retelling of the Nutcracker. That sounds fun to me. I <laughs> I oh my god. I just <laughs> I just realized I say that and my house is like decked out in Nutcracker stuff right now. We have like Nutcracker decorations um all over our house. <laughs> I just realized that. Uh anyways, uh that's our Christmas vibe is like German Nutcracker gingerbread cottage situation. Um so we have like nutcracker plates and pillowcases and things and then like all of our decorations are like gingerbread cookie like brown white trees and basic beige shit um but yeah so I'm not sure I don't really have a ton of plans and there's part of me that doesn't think I'm gonna like there's part of me that wants to give up on the challenges which feels very defeatist of me but the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge was released today. Today's December 1st, so woohoo. Um, and I already am like chomping at the bit to like get started on that one. And it looks like it's going to be kind of difficult. So there's part of me, there's part of me that wants to fully devote everything to the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge for next year and not do these other ones. But I don't, <laughs> I'm going to have FOMO and I, want to do the 52 one too and then there's like also other ones you know so but I think maybe what I should do I think the way that I should go about it is like I should do one at a time and like if I finish this one then I can do another one and I can go back and cross off things I think that's maybe where I should put my money is like doing one challenge and then if I complete a challenge which I've notoriously like never done or never done like until the very end of the year anyway um then I can go back through and that's probably what I'm gonna do and like with that mindset I probably am not gonna try to quickly get through the ones that I didn't finish I think I'm just gonna wrap it up and call it that's that there's a lot of people that measure their book reading year as um like December to December instead of January to January um, or like December to November instead of January to December, if that makes sense. Um, and so they can get, I've seen YouTubers do this where they can get all of their content out, like their end of the year stuff out in December when the end of the year is versus not putting it out until January because they're still finishing the year, which is what I do. Um, and I'm not going to change that because that's too much brain power for me. But that being said, I kind of think I'm going to just wrap it all up here and just 
December is just going to be free falling. Just whatever happens, happens. And we'll start with a fresh slate. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to commit to that. So until next time, friends, you never know. Ciao.